0: Hey everybody, welcome to Cigars and Syndication. I'm Robbie Rogers, and this is part two of uh, you know, will the commercial real estate market crash? Uh we continue to be passionate about uh real estate and cigars. And uh I'm here today with uh my co-host.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Janae Noor. Welcome to Cigars and Syndication. It's, uh again part two of Will the Real Estate Market Crash? And uh, you know, we're just continuing our uh our our smoke of this Master Selection 2012, made by Davidoff. It's uh, We're about halfway through, and uh, really enjoyable smoke, very well-crafted. What do you think, Robbie?
0: It's a really smooth smoke. Um, this is a great evening smoke. Uh, maybe a light dinner, light, mild whiskey or bourbon uh, would, would pair really nicely with it. It's um, tremendous. The draw is so easy. Uh, the flavors are really consistent. Um, again, just a good medium, uh, medium, bold, uh, cigar, really good flavor.
1: So continuing from, from the, the first episode that we had, or the previous episode that we had, uh, we talked about the real estate market, the commercial real estate market specifically, will it crash? And, you know, um, we talked about, uh, the other asset classes, uh, Office buildings, hotels, uh, and retail. Um, in this episode, we want to get more into multifamily and and the issues with multifamily that are happening now.
0: Right, we're going to talk about the multifamily um, real estate market as well as maybe some opportunities that might present themselves. Um, you know, here in the Houston market, and I hate to keep going on and on about the Houston market, but really that's where Jay and I are, and 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 that's where we got our thumb on the on the pulse, uh, and you know. If anybody's familiar with this market, they probably read about we had a fairly large uh, multifamily group uh, that that had a $229 million portfolio that they had to hand back to the to the lender.
1: Yeah, it was it was a pretty large default uh, where, you know, they they weren't able to meet the debt service. They weren't able to make their payments and the lender basically foreclosed on it. Um, and uh, they were they, they basically took the, the portfolio back. But again, we're going to relate this back to 2008 uh, in the same sense as 2008, where individual homeowners, either one of them lost a job um, or um, something else happened where uh, the interest rates or they were on a variable interest rate loan where the variable interest rate reset. And now, <clears throat> with interest rates being higher, they can no longer afford the mortgage. Um, either they're both still working but the mortgage uh the mortgage uh payment is too high or maybe they lost some income and the mortgage payment is way too high and they wound up just giving their keys back to the uh the bank and 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 walked away from the home.
0: You know, we've talked about this a, a bunch and we talk about due diligence, we talk about our conservative re- approach to underwriting and and there was several groups and I'm not saying this is one of those groups but You know, if you couple the rising interest rates with some aggressive underwriting, you know, you're really going to come to a quick end. So one of the
1: reasons that the large multifamily default that happened in Houston was was because they had a variable interest rate. Just like the variable interest rates that we saw in residential houses um, uh, in in 2008, uh, uh, this particular portfolio of multifamily properties had a variable interest rate. And, you know, believe it or not, at the end of now, I have my statistics over here at the end of 2020, actually, at the end of 2020, there were 2,500 multifamily properties with a floating rate debt that was two to three years and it was going to reset in two to three years.
0: So similarly to the retail market and the office market, the commercial office market, there's going to be a lot of these notes come to call. Correct. That means in
1: 2023, a lot of these interest rates are going to reset. And the question is going to come as to, well, will they be able to afford, when they refinance, will they be able to afford the new mortgage payment given the dysfunctional or functional operations that they are currently in right now?
0: And I know when, when, you know, you put your underwriting together, I mean, you, you usually are very conservative and have those 3% increases annually for rents and things like that. Uh, I have a feeling that some of these guys, if they used a more recent snapshot the last three or four years, some of their underwriting might have been 5% increases, 7% increases. And that's just going to multiply the problem. In addition to that,
1: which is forecasting too aggressively, You remember in 2008 when banks were giving 105 and 110% loan-to-value? You know, people were were going in and buying these $500,000 homes that they couldn't normally afford at 1.5%, 2% variable interest rates, and they were walking away from the closing table with a check in hand because the bank was basically paying them to buy the property. Well uh the same 2500 properties that are that have the floating debt that are going to come due in 2023 well those same 2500 properties had a debt service coverage ratio of 1.05 or less now what does that mean that means that normally banks want 25% a 1.25 debt service coverage ratio which means that their income is 25% higher than the mortgage payment, a lot of these properties had income, which was we're talking about net operating income now. So everything is paid, net operating income. So you have your 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 rents minus all your expenses, including property taxes, equals net operating income. From that, you pay your debt service. Well, a lot of these properties had debt service ratios which were. Either one hundred percent of income. That means there's no, there's no, there's no increase. There's no margin for error, less than five percent. So that means one point oh five debt service coverage ratios, where if anything happened, you know, some little thing happened, they would not be able to make their mortgage payment.
0: Well, and that that kind of leads to, you know, what kind of opportunities might be out there. And and where might they be? Are they are they going to be in the in the existing? Are they going to be in the new development? I mean, clearly the 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 current loans with variable rates are all existing, uh, but there also might be some good land deals. There might be some some really good opportunities out there if uh, if you pay attention and, and watch the market. Yeah. So, what
1: happens when interest rates go up? Just like what 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 is supposed to happen in the residential market is the value of the property goes down. Uh, but because there's a shortage in, in, in uh, residential properties, we're not seeing that. In commercial properties, the interest rate goes up, the value of the property goes down. So that means that people have the opportunity to purchase multifamily properties with 25 to 29%, 30% discounts
0: right now. So, so with those discounts, uh, coupled with the, the rising interest rates, how do you really gauge whether it's a good deal or not? So that's a, a a little bit of forecasting and a little bit of looking
1: into the future. Okay. As a result of inflation, rents have gone up. So the rents are not going to start coming back down. They don't usually come back down. Now, what they'll do is when, when you read articles about, oh, rents are going down, Rents are going down like in Austin, for example, in Austin, Texas. They're not actually going down. They're not growing at 15 20% a year. They're growing at maybe 2 or 3% a year, which is what they normally grow at. But nobody actually starts reducing rents. The rents pretty much stabilize or they grow at 2 to 3% a year. So rents are high already. Yes, you're going to walk into a property where you're going to pay higher interest rates. So your debt service is going to be higher. But what's going to happen over the next 12 months? Over the next 12 months, as the consumer price index starts leveling off, the Fed will start decreasing interest rates. Well, your rents are not going to go down, but as your interest rates go down, the buyers of these properties will be able to refinance their, their multifamily properties at lower interest rates with higher rents. And that's a great
0: combination to have a great performing asset. Yeah, and you brought up, when you said inflation... Um, you know, this was the first time in in several months uh, that the Feds didn't raise interest rates. Um, what do you think that um, What do you think that's going to lead to for for the the rest of this year with interest rates and inflation? Because inflation seems to have it's not shrinking, but but it definitely seems to be getting under control.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's. I think the last I read was about five percent inflation. The Fed is still hell bent on two percent inflation. Um. Uh, And uh, Jay Powell just came out this morning and said that there will be, they're looking at another two rate hikes for this year. Um, And, you know, because of that, uh, the market reacted. Um, And uh, because of that, because of those rate hikes, you know, the, the, the properties that are due for refinance are gonna pay even higher interest rates. And if their debt service is lower and or, uh, you know, their, their interest rates are become, are getting too high. They're not going to be able to manage that and they're going to have to turn over the keys.
0: Well, I hate to divert from the topic of commercial real estate, but I was just going to talk about this cigar a little bit more. Um, really good. I'm getting probably into that last third and really, really enjoying it. I'm I'm really just getting a nice uh, coffee flavor, maybe with just a little more spice as it gets into that final third uh, draw still incredible um really good really good solid smoke
1: yeah i'm really enjoying the cigar actually i'm enjoying this I'm, i I almost always enjoy the cigar more than more than the syndication part anyway
0: <laughs> well you know speaking of the syndication part and, and getting back on on topic you know you had mentioned earlier in, in part one we talked about it pretty extensively with the the mid-sized banks uh maybe pulling in the the their uh, aggressiveness a little bit, maybe maybe disappearing with, with some of these commercial and hotel loans, who's going to buy these notes? So, you know, the interesting
1: thing is that uh, multifamily is not like other commercial assets. Uh, most of the other commercial assets, meaning the office buildings, the retail, and the hotels are financed by the mid-sized banks, which are disappearing and will not have the money to be able to refinance those loans as they come due. The housing market is very interesting because the U.S. government takes a very keen interest to make sure housing stays stable. So the housing market has FHA and HUD to back those loans. So for example, if, uh, uh, someone, can't, if someone owns a multifamily property and they cannot find a a a lender, their private lender or a private bank to refinance, they can always go to FHA. They can always go to HUD, and the United States government uh, back backs these loans, and they will happily refinance those properties because they 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 have a keen interest in making sure
0: that housing stays stable. And you know the whole the HUD process is very interesting, and the actual HUD instrument. Uh, why don't you explain that a little bit, as cause it's actually more of an insurance policy than an actual loan.
1: So the way the, the HUD instruments work is that um, the U.S. government doesn't actually give the money. A bank provides the loan, but the U.S. government basically backs pretty much 100%. So in case of a default, the government will make the bank whole. And so they you know, they back at 100%, and so banks are very happy to... To, to lend that money out because they make money on the money. But at the same time, they have no risk.
0: Yeah, and the, and they actually have some better than market rates. Um, I think biggest the biggest drawbacks, and, and this is just from what I hear in the industry, is, is sometimes timing can be an issue. Timing can be an issue. And then <clears throat>
1: um, the government, the HUD loans specifically, and I, we know this because we are working on getting a, a HUD loan done. For our deal, um, the HUD loans uh, are made for long-term hold. They're not made for, you know, for somebody to go in and value add to the property and flip it. Uh, they're made, and so they have ten-year prepayment penalties. And of course, you know, the the loan can be assumed, but the government wants you
0: to to build that property and or buy that property and hold it. So, you know, all of these, the, the, the first episode and everything we've discussed today about multifamily, it, it still has that pressing question. And is the commercial real estate market going to crash similarly to 2008?
1: So in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of the analysts that I talk to, uh, there will be a downturn. Uh, it won't be a crash just because the commercial real estate market is not as big. Um, and then, they don't have as many underperforming loans, uh, so the indications are uh, eight to ten billion dollar downturn will be lost. Eight to ten billion dollars will be lost in the commercial real estate market. Now that's a lot of money, but if you compare it to how much people lost, individuals lost in two thousand eight, if you count the housing market, the stock market crash, the economy crash. The the loss of jobs, you Americans lost about nine trillion dollars in two thousand eight. So eight billion dollars, a lot of money, but a drop in the bucket.
0: Yeah, and and I think that'll be offset because for all that eight or nine billion in losses, there's going to be somebody that's going to take advantage or, or capitalize on those opportunities. For less than the eight or nine billion dollars, but but they're going to pick those those properties up, you know, and continue to to make those cash flowing properties.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of creative people out there. They're doing a lot of creative things. Like I've, I'm seeing a lot of hotels that are being converted into multifamily, um, not very large hotels, but still, you know, hotels are being converted to multifamily. There's demand for multifamily. There's not a demand for hotels. Buy the hotel, convert it to multifamily. Uh, there's some retail that is being converted to mixed-use property where I'm seeing where they will purchase the retail. And then if if they have the ability, they'll build multifamily on top of the retail center so that you have a multifamily that's supporting the retail.
0: Right. More of an urban concept. And, and we're seeing that a little bit here in Houston. It was some success as well. So... I think that pretty much wraps up our uh, our
1: discussion on will the uh, commercial real estate market crash. We will see a downturn. I don't think we're going to see a crash like two thousand eight. There's going to be a, uh, an opportunity for some great multifamily deals within the next twelve months, and uh, you know people should look out for those properties. Uh, if you can get a group together, buy a multifamily property. If not, you know you can be a passive investor in somebody else's multifamily property.
0: But, you know, just go out there and look for the deals and invest. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said create, be creative. Uh, these property owners that are creative and and gear their properties to this current environment, uh, whether it be more open concepts, more, uh, more, you know, conference rooms, smaller conference rooms, uh, whatever that market niche is for your customer, you know, be creative. Give them the environment that they need to be successful and they'll keep leasing those office spaces.
1: And we did a couple of episodes on due diligence, you know, make sure that if you're going to be a passive investor, you are investing with a group that has a track record that knows what they're doing, ask the right questions, make sure that you're not part of that group that, um, you know, winds up defaulting and then you wind up losing your money because that is possible.
0: Speaking of losing money, if you could find this David off, uh, master selection, um, you should definitely buy it. Um it's definitely a really good smoke. A little bit on the pricey side. Uh we know Sammy at uh, Casa de Men Cristo in Chicago's got some. You should hit him up. Um otherwise uh smoke your your next favorite cigar and um again, hit us up on albanyparkcapital.com. Keep your eyes out peeled for Byron Estates. That's going to be a really a really solid uh package that we're putting out soon. Uh and and smoke good smokes and invest wisely, guys.